Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Practice Odyssey. I'm Alex. And I'm Jen. And if you're new here, Jen and I, every two weeks, explore a new practice method that has claimed to help improve our playing of the flute. And we report back to you, our listeners, if it worked, if it didn't work, or if we have any other thoughts about it. Mm. So this week, we have our review podcast, or our review cast, as you might call it as well, where we kind of go through all of the books we've covered in season four, and then maybe at the end, announce any ideas we have for summer projects. So because Mm. we also, after this episode, we take our break. Yes, normally the the identifier of the, no, no, what's the thing? The theme of the summer project is overly ambitious and never completed. Would you agree with that, Alex? (laughs) I would 100% agree with that. (laughs) We always go in with the best intentions. We always learn something (laughs) and we never finish. But yet the one thing we never learn is about perhaps overcommitting. Yes. Oh, well, one day we'll get there, Alex. One day we will not be so optimistic. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, yes, just a spoiler warning, listeners. That's probably how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> so, anyways, mm. so the last season, uh, Jen and I have been focusing on methods that have been written for the auxiliary instruments of the flute. And mm. for those listeners who may not know what those are or who have not heard the last few episodes, that means the flutes that don't look like a regular flute so the piccolo which is the very small one and very Mm -hmm. very high one the Mm -hmm. alto flute which is the slightly larger one and if we had it we would have done the bass flute and the contra flute but um first we need more subscribers and then maybe we can buy those and then we can do podcasts (laughs) about those (laughs) yeah but we highly recommend that you go and google pictures of them they are fantastic um, but yes, so now uh, usually what Jen and I do is after we finish the season, we reflect a little bit to let you know after our two weeks with, with each of these methods, if we decided to continue practicing with it or if it kind of got pushed to the wayside mm. or if there were some just little lovely nuggets of wisdom that stuck with us afterwards. Yeah, so, it's a great yeah. way of putting it. So the first week that we had back in February, we uh, wrote, we wrote, can you write a podcast? Well, I guess, never mind. Yeah. Okay, for the first, yeah, for the first week in February, Jen and I uh, did two weeks uh, working on things in Jen Clough's blog, mm-hmm. uh, different practice methods. So Jen, what, did anything from that era <laughs> like two months ago or so uh, did any of it stick out to you uh did any of it stay yeah was it like amazing it does seem like a very long time ago um it does now yeah it's it, there was a bit of an interesting choice to add on to the auxiliary instrument podcast season but my remembrance of how the thought process behind this went was um Jen Clough has just an encyclopedic knowledge of the flute and flute repertoire and practice methods and practice ideas um, that we felt pretty darn positive that a lot of stuff on her website could be um, applied to auxiliary instruments of the alto or piccolo. Um, So we went and checked out her website, which is so expansive it is a bit overwhelming at the beginning. So you kind of have to go in. I think uh, the thing I found about it is you really have to go in with an idea about what you want to know about 
or maybe just have mm-hmm. fun browsing it. But um, I went in with an idea about what I wanted to find out her opinion on because a big thing which has come up through the various odysseys we have done over the years, over the years, I say, over the seasons... Uh, is, <laughs> it has been years now, too. It has been years. Oh, my gosh, Alex. Wow. What an odyssey. <laughs> We're going to start rivaling the odyssey. How long was the real odyssey, actually? Homer's That's odyssey. a great question. Listeners, let us know. Yeah. Was it like us. 50? <laughs> I feel like it was a really long time, but 50 might be a bit It long. was old enough that his baby kid became an adult, right? <gasps> like, That's right, and something bad happened, didn't it? I think so. It's been oh, a while. Last time story. I read that was in, like, 7th, 8th grade. So. Okay. But, uh, uh, yes, <laughs> we're going to have to research this. <laughs> um, but oh. the next podcast, no, a question which had come up a lot was how how do you structure your practice? Um, especially, like, I mean, it started right from episode one, Tafnil and Gobert, TG the Beast. If you haven't heard that one, go back and listen. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, that, that, I think, to get through it all, what they suggested practicing it, I mean, we were spending two hours I seem to recall on on playing all of the combinations which they required for daily practice and you're sitting there going how can you spend how who realistically in their everyday life has two hours to put aside to purely working on scales and nothing else anyway um not me is the answer I will say right now. Um, Same for me. I don't know if that's a terrible thing to admit. Um, So uh, I went to Jen Clough's uh, website looking for if she had any suggestions on about ratios of maybe how to split up your time, how much time you should be working on things um, and how to look at like technique versus repertoire and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, um, I remember finding her suggestion on how to split up your practice and she runs in kind of a thirds ratio. So one third of your practice time of your total practice time is on tone and one third is on um, technique. And then uh, the other third is on studies and etudes, studies and repertoire. And if you've got more time and that's kind of based around a three hour practice ratio Mm -hmm. like idea but if you've got longer then you can spend the extra time on repertoire if you need to or if you have less time then you just shrink all those ratios down so that it's third 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 I really like that because it was super flexible so if I had only one hour to practice that day I could be doing like 20 minutes of tone 20 minutes of essential scales uh 20 minutes on a study I was looking at and also maybe just a couple of bars really hard bars from a piece of repertoire which I was working on and I found like I really liked it but then you know if I had say three hours to practice woohoo then um mm-hmm. you know I could spread it I could expand it down to out to three hours so I liked this idea that it was a flexible program and you could like um expand it or um restricted depending on how much time you had so I, I really like that and that has stuck with me so I've kind of stuck to those uh, that idea of the ratio so no matter how much time mm-hmm. I have to practice at the moment I'm in extreme lockdown so I have a lot of time to practice although <clears throat> I have cut down a bit on the piccolo because I'm in an apartment building and I also have neighbors who are also <laughs> on severe restrictions with me so they, oh. I felt like maybe I would not play three hours of piccolo at them uh, yes, uh, I understand that. Or else I'd have angry vacuuming. 
have name to Oh, public. yes. Listeners, go oh, ahead yeah. and listen two episodes back if you'd like to hear about angry factors <laughs> in my apartment in Germany. <laughs> oh, the oh, They may rival the construction yeah. outside the apartments in Cambodia where mm-hmm. Jen is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, if you also have fabulous stories about passive-aggressive um, oh, yes. neighbors' responses to practicing, please do tell us. <laughs> we love those stories. Yes. We tell. We share, we share our stories all the time with each other, but we're always on the lookout for new ones. It's fun. Yes, um, we, we love a good story. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I really liked that. And, I mean, it was just such a great resource. I've gone back to it continually over the past couple of months if I'm stuck on something or I wanted ideas about how to tackle um, – uh, different repertoire or studies or um, mm-hmm. projects that I'm working on. Um, yeah, so Jen Clough has definitely stayed as a favourite in my internet browser. She's there in the favourites. How about you, Alex? Jen Clough stayed on the stand or not? Uh, well, she's definitely still on my computer. Mm. I, like you, have her bookmarked. Mm. I, as far as if I've used any of the things that we learned in the first two weeks, I think I have. And she, I, I, I feel really bad saying that. It's also no. been a little crazy for me the last few weeks. It has been. But uh, in, in mm. uh, defense of the blog, because it is a great blog. But uh, when I what I chose from the blog for those two weeks was a bit of uh, like a refresher of like how to get into playing the auxiliary instruments after not having played them for a while. Oh yeah. So, um, but yes. So then after that, I didn't necessarily need as much because then the next <laughs> however many weeks were spent <laughs> playing solely, oh, solely a flute and alto, uh, <laughs> alto flute and piccolo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I didn't do too much with that. I remember when I did the when we did the Y alto and piccolo methods. I did mm. look in her blog, and she had some nice articles about Trevor Y in there, and that was fun yeah. to kind of supplement it. But, uh, but other than that, unfortunately, I'm sorry, Jen. I, just, I, I have not I have not been back to the blog yet. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully soon. Actually, yeah. this probably has renewed it, and I will get back to it mm. even maybe soon. But I remember loving your ratio thing that you talked yeah. about, like how to structure your practice with the ratio. Mm, with the ratio. And I, I think I remember saying I would make a nice visual for that for our audience, and then I never did. Audience, oh. I have not forgotten. <laughs> our second book was uh, by the French piccoloist uh, Jean-Louis Beaumarier. I can oh. confirm we are friends on Facebook now. Very excited. Uh, seriously? Um, I know. Oh, at least I see much, uh, a whole bunch of his piccolo videos now on my feed than I had before. But uh, yes, so He's we are hero. friends. And yeah. we, before that, we had played through his exercises Yes. Uh, for piccolo. Uh-huh. And so, Chen... Mm. What stuck? What didn't stick? That also we are not French. I am so sorry if we are butchering the we, name. So we do uh, apologize. Feel free to send us a corrector. Yes, <laughs> or maybe everyone can just assume, hopefully, that we're saying it with a charming accent. I don't Please. think so, but I live in hope. <laughs> um, this has Amazing. become my go-to piccolo <gasps> warm-up book. Hundred percent, love it. What? And if I want to do, and oh if I want to do any practice on my piccolo and get it to improve really fast for something, I use this book. So this is like (laughs) my exercises for maintenance. It's just, I found it's helped me so much, especially with articulation and Mm -hmm. getting the middle register, you know, my bugbear of the G's and the F's all on the middle register. Horrible area for me where it's split, 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 split. His working on his exercises for a while has improved that so much. Anyway, so love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I mean, 
we we did mention in the in the podcast that that the set out of the of the book is a little bit like um I think you put it really well, Alex, when you said it's kind of a little bit like he would practice. And so he's kind of oh, just yeah, putting in that personal, order. Um, his own warm up. personal warm-up. So as you say, like, like there's no apologies. You do this brief warm-up on the piccolo and then you launch, <laughs> bang, right into third octave on the piccolo. And um, so, I mean, it's pretty intense. So I guess you have to be a pretty comfortable... Well, you have to have had some experience and familiarity. Mm-hmm. Familiar, this, this is my most hated word. Familiarity. Did I say that correctly? Familiarity, I oh, think. That's how you say it. Okay, what she said. <laughs> um, no, no. On, uh, yeah, on it's the piccolo. So I would... I'd, 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 I don't think we would recommend this for beginners, beginners on the piccolo, maybe. Uh, maybe after you've been playing it a little bit and feeling a bit more confident. But I, I just love the attitude that the piccolo is this solo instrument. Yeah, so I, I love this book. This has definitely stayed on my stand. This is now, I think, one of my core books I go to for um, helping me get in shape for um, uh, an audition or a, or a gig absolutely and just for maintenance and this is this has made me enjoy the piccolo so much more okay alex how did you find this book (laughs) uh okay so for me uh, again i'm so sorry have i looked at it really in the since we did the podcast i no but only because i've been wrapped up with a lot of other uh, projects yes and yes she has but the moment that I have a piccolo audition to practice for, this is the first book I'm pulling out. Yeah, because yeah. after doing this book for two weeks, my piccolo mm. playing has never been better. Yeah. Like, intonation yeah. was on point. Yeah. Articulation was on uh-huh. point. And I, I really, it's, it's because of his attitude, first of all, like you said, Jen, that you know the piccolo is a solo instrument in mm-hmm. its own right. It's not mm-hmm. an instrument to this, that you, know, you just include on the side. I, yeah. and that, and it was just practice like that, just doing piccolo, nothing else, and it was phenomenal. So it's glorious. The moment yes. I have a piccolo audition <laughs> and we are not in lockdown, <laughs> this book is coming out again. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's Bam. just so much more I could yeah. do as well with it because yeah. there's so much, so many good like nuggets yeah. of knowledge. Apparently, yeah. nugget is the word for the nugget is. But but yes, um, it's really um, so it has stuck. But it is not mm-hmm. currently on the stand. If that makes sense. No, that so, does make uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yes, yeah. I would highly recommend this book. Like Jen said, maybe not for beginners because it does assume a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. beforehand. But for anybody who is on a track to become an orchestral flautist or flutist, mm-hmm. uh, then we will. I would. Yeah. You, yeah. What are you doing? Go buy this book. Yeah. You, it will change 100%. your life. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And mm. on that note, yes. we are now to a slightly different approach, Jen, mm. written by the fabulous Irene Maddox, mm-hmm. The Artist's Guide to yeah. Alto and Bass Flute. This one, yeah. This was a nice book, actually. It was, yeah, it was, it was definitely a nice change of pace. I think this happened when both of us were having slightly manic weeks, fortnights. Yes, I think you were prepping for a, a different audition and yeah. I was doing exam season or something. You Very were doing mini exams. They all sounded horrendous. <laughs> so you were just full yes. on studying. So this was really perfect. This came at a perfect time because um, 
this book is very much geared for a very different audience than the mm-hmm. previous um, the previous one we're looking at. Her background is in flute choirs, so a lot of people who are probably very comfortable on the flute will then be going and having to play the alto flute as part of this um, flute choir context. So they might have no experience on playing the alto flute. And there's a lot of crossover between the two instruments, but the alto flute is a lot bigger and has different problems with intonation and with having to, like, the embouchure or shape of your mouth. So I found um, all of her uh, exercises were really nice and uh, simple. So you could really just focus on all the important things of, like, uh, sound production and just getting the right level of airspeed and placement to get these notes. Um, My one memory with this was... Um, she'd put all of the instructions for all the exercises on one page, which was just <laughs> very hard to read. <laughs> yes, to apply everything. You had to do a lot of flipping to look, okay, what do yeah. I do for this exercise? Okay, now yeah. I go to this one. Where do I go next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember so that too. That was the one very minute frustration. Um, and really it was just because I was too lazy to keep flipping the pages back. Um, so mm. I wrote all the instructions separately on the top of my page. Um, which shows the level of, like, laziness I was feeling. But um, apart from that small formatting choice, I mean, really it was very nice and I would recommend this a lot to um, anyone who is um, taking flute ensemble or if... um, or, you know, if you're interested in starting the alto flute, how did you find this? Did this stay on the stand or will it go back on the stand when you have time? I know. <laughs> I feel like I should the just, pattern. Yeah. I should. <laughs> in the last few weeks of my practice method. Um, but we try to keep it real with y'all. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a great time to practice and you can get multiple hours in mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. It's just. And sometimes life is very stressful and you have lots of other things just. And also we've covered so many books now that if we practiced all of them all the time, we would probably need 12 hours. This is well. Yes. Yep. So, so, you know. That is true. Which Some is why we fall by the wayside. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. Okay. So the Irene Maddox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, what has stuck with me is her hand exercises because this was also the first book where she actually put a focus on like the... Um, Kinesthesiology, mm-hmm. the, like the, Ooh, like the, yes. she focused on like how you're, you should be working not only on just the notes, but also how you're holding yourself, which I've always yeah. been very interested in. And yes. I think it's also why I've been, you know, I've been able to play so long and I haven't had any injuries from playing the flute. Yeah. So I've injured myself in other ways, which have hindered <laughs> me from playing the flute. But none <laughs> of them have come directly from flute playing, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I love that she did that, especially because when you're um, switching to larger flutes, they are heavier and mm. therefore they're mm. bringing more you know pressure or tension mm. to your body mm. and we have to be aware of that. Mm. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, but yes, and yeah, unfortunately I, I have not practiced that one. This one that much in the in the between time um, mm. in Dutzwischenzeit, they say in German, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's been a little busy and the music 
it was a really nice uh, chill method to do while I was in the exam block because mm-hmm. it's basically just fl- alto flute karaoke. Yeah. But um, yeah. yes, uh, I've I yeah I have I have not touched it very much in the in between. So, <laughs> but uh, but I remember it was I, I, I if I, I however am keeping it of course yes. because as you as you mentioned this is a great book I think or a great method for any beginners just starting on these and so when my students uh, in the future or now will and when they have a, an interest in it, this would be definitely something that mm. I would use mm. and probably help them with the directions page a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But, or if I start a flute choir in the future, this is yeah. another one. Like, okay, if it's a, a young little baby flute player, you know, here's your alto flute, here's this book, practice a couple of these, they're in the right range, and it kind of gets them ready for the idea so that way they're not... Yeah, because sometimes the alto flute parts and flute choirs aren't the most interesting, and it would be kind of hard for younger flute players, I'd imagine, to stay focused and practice them. But yes, after this one, we switched back to the piccolo, if I'm we not did. mistaken. We did. Uh, and originally, we you know the first piccolo method we did was the Mr. Bomadier exercises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for this one, we went across the pond to Mr. Trevor Y and Miss Patricia Morris. The Y and Morris omnibus for the piccolo, mm. which, if I remember correctly, was a lot of pages. I remember the thump it made on my desk. <laughs> um, this one, uh, this is a great book, packed with useful information, um, mm. and I think definitely one of the really important books you would need if you wanted to do piccolo auditions if you were interested in becoming an orchestral piccolo player i think i think that's why i've i've kind of switched to our previous book um for exercises in how to improve my technique on the piccolo that's become my favorite one over this because this is some nice warm-ups um but it does seem to rely a lot on you having trevor wise full omnibus of um, flute works, of flute technical works. So I guess, yes, there is a lot of overlap, but you do need these kind of other six books um, to be able to cross-reference. It's definitely geared towards people who are already very um, fluent flute players. What I love about it, it's an amazing resource for, um, Mm -hmm. for audition preparation i mean one of the amazing things in it is it's got like all of the average tempo markings for each of the excerpts so it's Mm -hmm. nice to kind of have ballpark figure where they say yeah there are fluctuations in the tempo which this piece can be played up but this is generally the average one so you're pretty safe if you want to go into an audition playing it at this speed if you don't have a recording of the orchestra which you're going for playing it and yeah it's just got so many excerpts in it it's what i think what is it like 300 pages or something crazy like that so it's, many it's so many yes. so i think this one is definitely a resource which is staying on my stays on my stand even though maybe I don't use it for like my maintenance or improvement piccolo, this is definitely what I look at when I'm wanting to um, continue to like work on my orchestral repertoire vocabulary for want of a better word. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on this one. That's what I remember. How did you find it, Alex? 
<laughs> yes. Uh, so this one, a month later or so, uh, what stuck? Being inspired for me to make a huge playlist of all of the Piccolo excerpts he includes in here. <laughs> that yeah. has been uh, very useful. So yeah. now whenever I have to prep for it, usually as part of my audition rep- prep, I usually... I make a little playlist for each Mm. audition I go to. Mm -hmm. And so now I have one for Piccolo where I can just, I I don't have to search as much, especially when it comes to operas and uh, movements where you have to do a bit of hunting to find the excerpts and find the exact place on which tracks they are. So now I have it all in one spot. And since he so kindly put so many of them in one place, Mm -hmm. I was very excited um, but yes, unfortunately, I, I'm not, again, there's a common trend here. have not played too much of this one <laughs> since uh, we did the excerpts, um, mm-hmm. just for the aforementioned reasons from before. So, but, uh, but yes, I, I do like my Spotify playlist, and that has been very handy. Very nice. And um, yes, and it uh, helped me kind of renew my interest in the flute omnibus from Y, um, mm-hmm. Mr. Y, mm-hmm. because... It kind of shows you like how to implement piccolo aspects in there. So I found that yeah. really useful as well. Yeah. So yeah. once I'm in a place again where I can do more piccolo playing, mm-hmm. and when I have maybe an audition or a concert mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a reason to annoy my neighbors a little extra, <laughs> I will be ready. <laughs> so yeah. But um, but yeah, it was really good. And I I think if you are a serious flute player, this book is referenced all over the internet, all over the mm. web. Mm-hmm. I, every teacher I've had, I think, has a copy mm-hmm. and professor. So I would highly recommend that you purchase it just because it's referenced a whole bunch. And so if you want to understand the references, you need the book. But yes. So do we feel that same way, though, about the Y Alto Flute Ooh, Method? The Y Morris Alto book. Yes. Yeah. The y, a little smaller, but uh, it is significantly but still smaller. Still block. Yeah. Yeah. Still a block. <laughs> Um, yes. This one, <laughs> yeah, Alto. This was a kind of a similar to the Piccolo book. Uh, that was my thoughts on it. Um, in that, well, in the Alto book that had lots of great advice. My favorite advice they gave me was how to check whether the Alto flute you are purchasing is actually tuned properly, which I didn't yes, know when I didn't cool. pur- when I purchased my Alto flute. But then I immediately went and checked, and thankfully my alto flute is in tune. Yes. Then where it fell down for me a bit, it didn't have any alto-specific warm-ups. It told you it some... It did not. It had some advice, like go and practice articulation exercises that you would do on your flute, and gave you some kind of uh, suggestions, need to watch out for this because this is a bit different on the alto flute. But it didn't have... They didn't write any specific exercises in the book for, which um, would showcase these problems and mm. help you work on them. So you you kind of had to know already or have enough experience to know already what sort of exercises you needed to be looking at in your flute repertoire, which then you could apply to the alto flute. So it had um, it assumed that either you had that experience already or you had a teacher who could lead you in the put you in the right direction. That was one of the and also again then it assumed that you had the Y omnibus things which which why I'm probably going to keep it on my stand or at least as a, de- a definite reference book for alto again for audition preparation it's just so amazing this book I really I think this this is such an incredible resource 
the comments they give you, you love them, Alex. I know you find them hilarious and they do like putting their little jokes in. They're quite funny. But also just the the comments which they put like throughout the book over certain excerpts about what to look out for and things which often go wrong or can go wrong in these excerpts are super useful. Again, they have these kind of tempo markings for you. But what I love the most about it is in pretty much all the excerpts, they have a cue line underneath the whole excerpt. That's right. Where you can, mm. where it shows you what what the main instrument that you are duetting with in this section of the excerpt, what they are doing. So you can see the music which the other very important player who's playing at that moment is doing. So you can really see how the ensemble works and kind of how you need to play it so that it can complement and work with um, or against what's um, playing in the other part. So um, that's something which really makes this such a great resource for me. Um, (laughs) As maybe an improving my alto technique book, maybe not so much, but for learning how to prep for an audition on the alto flute, which is very possible as this is an orchestral instrument and there's a lot of chamber music written for it. I think it's really, I would, yeah, go and buy it. (laughs) What are your thoughts, Alex? (laughs) Uh, Yes, my thoughts. So for the alto method uh, from uh, Mr. Y and Miss Norris, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I I said those in the right order. You did? Yes, I agree with you that I, I wish there were more exercises, especially because the names are almost identical between the Piccolo and the Alto book, but there mm. are, at least the Piccolo book had some exercises, yeah. even though it was referenced a lot, it, ref, it said to use the flute omnibus a lot as well, mm-hmm. but in this one there was almost none, so it was only uh, music of a very high standard, a very, um, as Mr. Valmadia would put it, at least from a seven to a 15. So, um, so if you bought this and you're like, oh yeah, I want to I learn how to play the alto flute and you saw this, <laughs> you would run for the hills. So uh, yes. So I would, um, in that case, I would definitely recommend starting with Irene Maddox's book. Mm, um, yeah. And the, but I, for me personally, I, I really enjoyed this book because it was, uh, for those two weeks, I didn't have much time, so I basically just chunked out all the pages mm-hmm. and set them each for a day, and I would just practice them on the day, and then I was yeah. done with it. So I yeah. could cover all of the music in the book in two Amazing. weeks. That, that, that week. was an epic practice odyssey. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it really, but I found, like, it was such a great um, uh, compendium of mm. alto flute music Ooh, and really testing all of the different aspects of how it can be played mm-hmm. with different rhythms and different articulations mm. and different mm. styles. Mm. So I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed my very stressful flute karaoke for the, <laughs> the time that I did do that. Uh, so, but, and uh, like I've said before, I think as soon as I have another audition for alto flute, this mm-hmm. book also comes mm-hmm. right out mm-hmm. and just to read over some of their funny quips about you know how to approach the different excerpts and yes like yeah. you said as well how to test the scale of my alto flute to make sure that it's in tune or if it needs a checkup so yeah yeah but fortunately <laughs> my alto flute is also in pretty good pretty good nick so or hooray you say that it's like in good shape so yeah it's in pretty good nick yeah I think that is it, listeners, for it. our wrap-up of season four. Yeah. So we hope that you maybe found it helpful and 
learned something. We hope you learned something. Yeah. Especially if you're for all of our longtime listeners. But yeah. I think first we need to talk about our summer project. So Jen. Yes. Our yes. optimistic Sorry. summer project. We are going to work through Practisma. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is a practice journal um, which runs over 16 weeks um, by Susanna Klein. And the idea is that we will be looking at uh, efficiency, empowerment, and joy for musicians. So (laughs) we purchased a copy of her practice journal, which you can find online. We'll put the link below in the show notes. Um, But basically, we're going to be working through... uh, I must confess because our uh, summer holidays doesn't go for 16 weeks as much as we would love the idea of that. So we've kind of already started. Um, We've been doing it a little bit during our other odysseys, but we're hopefully Mm going to have it finished or be pretty much at the end of the 16 weeks and we can let you know how that went, whether we did feel we were more efficient, empowered and joyful in our music yeah it should be fun mm. and yeah. maybe for the first time when you hear again from us listeners we might have done it. no longer be oh yes we might have done it and jen also <laughs> might no longer be in cambodia thank you so much we really love and value all of your support mm-hmm. thank you so much for all of our subscribers on youtube oh my gosh you guys are chucking up the little numbers over there uh, let us know what you think you can write to us on our youtube channel the practice odyssey podcast mm-hmm. uh we're mm-hmm. on there just search it and like and subscribe or leave us a comment if you are not a youtuber uh person then you can write to us by gmail at the practice odyssey at gmail.com the you can find this this podcast anywhere you find podcasts uh, jen and i work tirelessly to make sure it's available wherever you are to make it as mm-hmm. easy as possible mm-hmm. if you find a platform where we are not let us know and we will work on it so that we yep. are there yep <laughs> Yes. Uh, music in this episode was written by me, mm-hmm. Alexander Woods. Mm-hmm. And the show art is from the wonderful, fabulous Ivan Potter Smith. So, and on that note, listeners, thank you so much. We will be back. We, we will, will be, be back, back <laughs> in August. So stay tuned. Thanks so much again. And we'll catch you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.